What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sports Status Podcast. I'm your host, Ben, along with my co-host, Chesky. What's up, everyone? Hey, Ben. How you doing? It's great to be back. Um, you know, we appreciate everybody's feedback that they've given so far. Um, it was a really enjoyable experience doing the last one. I hope I enjoy doing this one, this podcast as well, and we're looking forward to doing more of these in the future. If you do have any thoughts, you know, just reply, reply to the Sports Status Podcast. We'll be happy to, you know, talk to you about any of your concerns or anything you disagree with us about. All right, we have a ton to get into today. A lot's going on. We got Trevor Bauer recently signed with the Dodgers. We have the Deshaun Watson rumors. We are going to preview the MLB offseason and the NFL offseason, along with a lot of the going-ons of the NBA. But first, let's get into it. We just got off of Super Bowl Sunday, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, Super Bowl champions 2021, 2020 technically. Uh, Tom Brady wins his seventh Super Bowl and I believe his fourth Super Bowl MVP. I don't know. I don't even know. Lost track at this point. If I'm not mistaken, it was his fifth, but yes. Yeah. All right. So let's get into it. So overall, first reactions, what do you think of the game? So first reactions was it was not a very fun game to watch from my perspective. As a fan, I wanted a game, obviously, that was tight, that was exciting. We didn't get that. We did get to witness the greatest quarterback of all time put on a clinic of, you know, he didn't he didn't play that well, but he just proved again why he's the greatest quarterback of all time. He went to a team that didn't make the playoffs last year, and he took them to the Super Bowl and actually won the game against a quarterback who, as some are saying, is the most talented quarterback in the league. Um, the one thing that I did take out of the Super Bowl, and if you just, you know, if you just let me qu- quickly get through this, is that Patrick Mahomes, everybody's saying, oh, Patrick Mahomes not such a good quarterback. Look. That, that's a bunch of hogwash. You watch some of those incompletions that Patrick Mahomes had. They were just insane. That one that he had on 4th and 10, where he was sacked, he was flying through the air, and he threw that 30-yard dart, and he hit Daryl Williams right in between the helmet. Yeah, right? it was nuts. And Actually, the ball did get tipped by a defender. So, yeah, I mean, you know, the guys that want to blame Daryl Williams for not making that catch was a difficult catch to make, but... I mean, if your quarterback goes through all that, you gotta you gotta catch the ball. It's yeah, a totally 100%, different ball game. Hundred percent. Can you imagine how much we'd be talking about that play if that was actually a complete pass? It, it would have been the play. That it, okay, but they didn't win the game, so I don't know how much we would have talked about it. Well, actually, it's a whole different game. Hundred percent. So yes, yeah, so the Chiefs lost. Patrick Mahomes all of a sudden is not good, according to some people. That's not true. Mahomes is still the most talented quarterback in the NFL, and I really cannot wait to see him more in the future. Yeah, that's um, ridiculous. I mean. Just if you watch the game, you saw the the second Mahomes got the snap, he was running for his life. He was running. It was wild. And like I always say, the game of football is won and lost on the offensive line. What were your thoughts on the game, Ben? More or less the same. I mean, you know, started out kind of hopeful that someone would actually beat Tom Brady, not named Eli Manning or uh, Nick Foles. Nick Foles. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I mean, the refs were in it early. A lot of just – Bad calls, missed calls, especially after a week in the NFC Championship game of not throwing any flags. And now, you know, I get it, different crew, different different officials. And now you're just throwing every flag for just reason. Like, come on. You got to let them play the game. And that's just it. And then, you know, because that happened and, you know, the game got out of hand early. Bucks took the early lead, and they ran away with it. I mean, all around dominant performance, and you got to give Todd Bowles a ton of credit, and you got to give Tom Brady credit, and you got to give just the Bucks a credit. If you hold Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs to nine points, you're going to win them every single time. 
Mm-hmm. 100%. And, you know, this this game, I thought, was a great exhibition of fundamental football because everybody knows the most valuable position of football is the quarterback. The second most valuable position of football is the left tackle. And the third most valuable position is probably 2A and 2B, quarter, left tackle and edge rusher. The reason is because if you can stop the quarterback, if you can make the quarterback uncomfortable, you're going to have him. He's not going to be the same quarterback. We saw that with Mahomes. And if you can keep your quarterback comfortable, which Mahomes has because he has a guy that was taken first overall as his left tackle and Eric Fisher, um, that quarterback is going to be good. He, you know, it depends on his level of talent, how good he will be. But the baseline of, of how to evaluate a quarterback starts with having a decent offensive line. When he didn't have that, look what happened to look what happened to the guy who's you know one of the or the best quarterback in the NFL. But I think that after this game, yeah, so 100%, the aspects of this game were slightly annoying, and um, you know, it's it's something that you hope doesn't happen again next year and we have uh, you know a game that's actually fun and commercials that are actually interesting and funny like they should be yeah did you like any of the commercials this year they were terrible uh, i don't <laughs> think what was your one favorite one maybe the one with the cheetos one was pretty funny um i don't know I, do, oh <laughs> yeah there, there was nothing really that stood out but there's another aspect of this game that i know yeah that i know we wanted to discuss which is the question that that's really been been talked about now on radio everywhere is patch is tom brady the greatest quarterback or or athlete of all time i think you can't even begin to ask the question if tom brady's the greatest quarterback of all time that there's no there's no question really anymore i mean as much as it it pains me to say it (laughs) um as much as tom brady's been tormenting me for the last 20 years um you can't deny it when you win seven super bowls no matter how lucky you are that you know the next franchise leader in wins is the Pittsburgh Steelers. They're actually tied with the Patriots because of Tom Brady won all six of those with them. But the Pittsburgh Steelers were the leader in franchise Super Bowls with six. Okay, now to win seven Super Bowls in the NFL, and this is coming from me, a guy who is totally on the train thought of saying that Super Bowls have absolutely nothing to do with an individual player. It's a team sport. But you got to give credit where credit's due. There's no question... Tom Brady will go down as the greatest quarterback who ever played football. Now, here's the thing. The overreaction from people who are saying that Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time. And I got to tell you something. That's not even close to being true. Not even close. If you want to look at an athlete, and not even talking about in terms of athleticism, if you want to look at greatness and winning, Tom Brady's at the top of your list. Now, you can throw in Bill Russell. You could have Serena Williams if you wanted. You can go through, you know, like I'm not even going to speak on it because of soccer and, and that sort of thing, right, throughout the world. There's a lot more, you know, influential and possibly winning more athletes, even let's say Yogi Berra, for example, right? These guys have all won more. Uh, in terms of winning, Tom Brady is the greatest football player of all time, and he's a great winner, but in no way, shape, or form is he the greatest athlete of all time. Okay, so let's clarify one thing. The comparison really should be a ridiculous comparison because it's apples and oranges. You have two two completely different things. Usain Bolt is was Usain Bolt a better track runner than Tom Brady was a quarterback? Is Serena Williams a better tennis player than Tom Brady is a quarterback? Is Michael Jordan a better basketball player than Tom Brady is a quarterback? They play completely different sports. Serena Williams plays a individual sport, right? Tennis. She yes, she's won a million Grand Slams, but. 23, it's n- 23 to be exact. It's 23, okay, that's the number, which is which is insane if you think about it. But let, let's look at it a different way. There are more than one Grand Slam title every single year. The mm-hmm. Super Bowl, there's only one Super Bowl a year. So Tom Brady only has one chance to compete for a Super Bowl every single year. So saying the number from 7 to 23 is not 100% fair. Because maybe if there was three Super Bowls a year, Tom Brady would have won two out of three every year, and now he'd have 27. 
Um, so that's that's one way of looking at the difference in the championships. But besides for that, Tom Brady, he's coming to a team where there are so many other factors around him, right? There are million, like we said earlier with the offensive line. How good is the offensive line? How bad is the offensive line? How good are the receivers? And Tom Brady still managed to win seven championships. Serena Williams controls her destiny. So I hear, yeah, she's great at controlling her destiny and she's great at winning. But in the end of the day, she controlled everything around her. Tom Brady hasn't controlled everything around him. He, all the other variables were not controlled, and he still managed to win seven rings, which is just insane. Well, if anything that goes against Tom Brady, you Serena Williams has the ability to you know, win or lose, and she goes out and wins. Tom Brady has a lot of other factors that are up in the air, and technically they kind of all go his way his whole career. I mean, if you look at his defense's performance, even just this year, right? Tom Brady did not have a great postseason this year. Not at all. You know, Multiple, multiple turnovers. Um, you know, bad passer ratings throughout his whole career. But so let me stop. The bottom line is, why is he great? Right. Sorry. Why is he great? Because he ends up pulling out the win. He's always the one that comes out victorious. And I think if you're looking at the greatest athlete of all time, if you want to, greatness is defined by the result, and the best, the one to do it the best, is the one that is defined by the process, the context. Right. I think we can all to, all agree that you know Patrick Mahomes or let's say. You know, Mahomes is a little bit too early into his career. Aaron Rodgers is a guy who's been more talented than, than Tom Brady. He's he's made crazier throws. He's, you know, all that good stuff. But the bottom line is Rodgers has one Super Bowl and Brady has seven, right? Now, who's the greatest who's the greater player? It's gonna be Tom Brady. Because no matter what the situation was, what the context is, what kind of hole he was in, what kind of comeback he made. The bottom line is Tom Brady came out holding Lombardi Trophy and Aaron Rodgers didn't. But if you want to know who's a better like athlete, there's no question it's Aaron Rodgers. Okay, so that argument is a fair argument, but nobody really cares. There are countless Johnny Manziel barely made it anywhere in the NFL. You can make an argument that Jamarcus Russell might be the most talented quarterback to ever come to the NFL. The guy used to get down on one on, the, on one knee in the end zone and throw the ball 100 yards through, that, through the other end zone. So... Talent, nobody cares about talent. People care about what you do with your talent. I saw I saw a joke on Wikipedia. I think I you know I, I think we discussed this once. Um, if somebody changed uh, um, the NFC Championship Games Wikipedia profile to the NFC Championship Game is, is is a game in which competitors go and beat Aaron Rodgers every single year. Yeah, yeah, I saw that too. Yeah, <laughs> so Aaron Rodgers has had his opportunities. He's been to the NFC Championship Game. Every single year, like every time I remember, oh, NFC Championship game, somebody beat Aaron Rodgers. Whether it's the Falcons, whether it's the Niners, whether it's the whether it was the Bucks, he, he so it's not like he hasn't had the opportunity. It it boils down to one thing: can he make the big throw when it counts? And let's look at the NFC Championship game. Aaron Rodgers had three opportunities and he went three and out. Now you can blame it on his receivers, you can blame it on his head coach, you can blame it on his offensive line, but eventually it's going to be his fault. Brady has had the ability to make that throw every single time he's made the throws, and that's why he's won seven Super Bowls. Now. Like I said, we don't measure greatness on athleticism. We measure greatness on accomplishments. Brady is the most accomplished professional football player to ever play, and Brady may be one of the most accomplished athletes to ever play, considering all the other circumstances that he's been surrounded with. Okay. I hear that argument. I would disagree. I think athlete, you know, when you say the word athlete, it it brings to mind so many different things than just being the greatest winner. If you want to have, you know, in terms of winners, you could definitely, Tom Brady's at the top of that list along with, uh, you know, even a Michael Jordan, even um, I wouldn't put LeBron James in that category because, yes, the guy's been the most dominant player in basketball in the last, you know, 20 years, but at the same time, he hasn't come out and won. Even that, you could look at you could look at a player like LeBron James and you say, this is a man that totally controls his team. Like, he is a guy that 
he makes you an instant finals contender if you're on the te- if you're on his team. You can take a team like the like the you know 2018 Cavs who won 53 games and then the next year won 19 games when he left. You can take a team like the 2007 Cavaliers who went to the finals with nobody, no names. And even LeBron James doesn't get into that conversation of being the greatest athlete um, in terms of winning, like what you're saying, because the bottom line is that other things and other factors come in. When you're overmatched, you can't win, and then it goes against you, which I think is is uh, is kind of not fair, but, you know, that's that's kind of life. I, I don't think that Brady is is or should be the greatest considered the greatest athlete of all time or close. Right, and and this is going to be a disagreement that you and I and about the rest of the world will have forever. And there's no award given to somebody as, oh, you're the greatest professional sports player to ever play. That doesn't exist. So it's a nice argument to have, but there's no such title, and and, and it doesn't make a difference, you know? I happen to think Brady is the most accomplished athlete of all time considering what he's done and how he's done it for the length of time that he's done it. Brady's won a Super Bowl in three different different decades, 1999, throughout the 2000s, 10s, Uh, 2021. He won in 2000, 2010s, and 21. So not not the 1999, but three decades. Yeah, three decades. Sorry. No, Um, because 2000, 2010, 20s. So yeah, that's three decades. But his first Super Bowl win was in 2001, if I'm not mistaken. So my point is that like the the length of the the length of time that this guy's dominated the sport, I feel like you know that that adds to that his argument. But yeah, I I agree with you that 100. percent But then I mean. I don't like to get into this to this argument because when a guy wins seven Super Bowls, you can never ever go and say like, you know what? Here's something that proves he might not be the greatest of all time. But when you have a team like let's say the Patriots, who in 2008 Tom Brady I believe tore his ACL or got injured, and the team went 11 and five and just missed down the playoffs with Matt Castle playing, you know, the whole season. I'll go right back at you. Last year. Brady took the Patriots to the playoffs. They lost in the wild card in the wild card round, but this year the Patriots were a complete dumpster fire without him, and not much changed. Okay, yeah, a couple of their defensive players opted out, but the roster wasn't that much worse than it was last year. Brady elevated every position on that roster. Danny Amendola, he was created by Tom Brady. Julian Edelman, created by Tom Brady. There's a million of these guys that are just drifting around the NFL right now. Deion Lewis, like these random Patriot players that were created by Tom Brady. They were made by Brady. So. I hear what you're saying, and 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 yet again, you always have to look I'm, at. It I'm going to leave it at that because there's, you know, there's a lot of other things that go into it, but I don't want to get into the whole thing with the system and and you know blah 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 because I feel like it's 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 a pointless argument. There's pretty much no way to win. Um, I, I guess I'm going to leave it at that. So, yeah, and so that's, you, so that's you fair. think Tom Brady is the greatest athlete of all time, or should be considering the conversation? My. I'll just say that I I think that the title greatest athlete of all time is a stupid title. It doesn't real. It's not a real thing. Right now, I look at it. I'm like, oh my gosh, greatest athletes of all time, Brady. But in three months from now, when LeBron wins another title with the Lakers and he's already on what five, what's what will that be? Five, the fifth ring. Yeah. And and you know, and then when we see, I don't know, Mike Trout. Okay, he's never gonna get that title. But Serena Williams wins another six Grand Slams. So then things will change. But yeah, right now when I look at him, somebody asked me, who's the greatest athlete but of all then, time? By then Brady's going to have another three rings. <laughs> yeah. Somebody asked me, who's the greatest athlete of all time? The first thing that's going to come out of my, my mouth is Brady, but again, you know, right. I could be Brady, wrong. Brady, Jordan, LeBron. Um, yeah. All righty. So big news for us technically as uh, Jets fans, the whole Deshaun Watson uh, debacle. And the Texans are adamant that they're not trading him. Deshaun Watson keeps saying he wants a trade. There's a few teams that are lined up to trade for him. 
the the Jets being one of them, the Dolphins being another one of them. Supposedly, he's waived his no trade or said he would waive his no trade clause for the Jets or the Dolphins. Where do you see Deshaun Watson ending up this season, this coming season? Okay, so that's a terrific question. Um, it's a very, very, very difficult question to answer. Guys like Deshaun Watson don't exist. There are not a lot of them. How many quarterbacks in the NFL would you say are better than Deshaun Watson? Um, you know, all around, given the ability. I mean, we haven't seen Trevor Lawrence yet. He's not in the NFL. Um, I would say there's about five, maybe four quarterbacks. Let's see, let's see Russell Wilson, Patrick Mahomes, Aaron Rodgers. Wilson, Mahomes, Rodgers, possibly Lamar Jackson. I wouldn't put Lamar Jackson ahead of Deshaun Watson right now. Not with Deshaun Watson's throwing ability that Jackson doesn't have. Let's say he's top four. Top four, four. top okay. five. Yeah, I would so, probably put him there as well. Any team that trades with Deshaun Watson is probably making the playoffs next year. Well, what, the Texans went four and twelve this well, year. The Texans had a play caller who stunk, and the That's Texans true. had a disgruntled team, and their defense wasn't good. So I'm talking about obviously it's not. I'm talking about the teams that have the ability to trade for Deshaun Watson right now. So there are really only two teams that have the ability to trade for him because a guy that Deshaun Watson is going to command at least three or four first round picks. The NFL's rules: you can trade more than three years worth of first round picks in a, in a row. The Jets have five first-round picks over the next three years. They have the two picks that they got from Seattle in the Jamal Adams trade, mm-hmm. and they have three of their own. There could be another one in there if somehow they get one for Sam Darnold, which is Adam Schefter keeps saying it could happen. Keep saying it, yeah. Uh, let's let's end up seeing what happens. Right. but my, my Especially point is, with uh, the news that you know Washington has just signed Taylor Heineke to a two-year deal, um, even though we'll see if he ends up being the starter or not. Yeah, I see that more as, as a backup deal, but... Let's say you know whatever happens. Let's let 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 let's look at it from a different perspective. So, they want they have they're gonna have to get rid of him. Jack Easterby has who's the I don't know what his position is exactly in the Houston's Houston's organization, but he's really ticked off Sean Watson. Sean Watson wants out. He doesn't like McNair, the owner, so he's out. Now, the Jets have five first round picks over the next three years, and Miami has four first round picks over the next three years. A big factor to remember over here is that the Jets' first round pick is a second overall pick which I don't understand why people are not talking about enough. If, if the Jets were to trade out of the second overall pick, and let's say send it to Detroit, who's at eight, the Jets wouldn't get two first-round picks back in that deal at least. right? Look at the Robert Griffin the third deal or the or the, the Carson Wentz deal. So the second overall pick is worth three first-round picks, three, late, three or four late first-round picks. So I think the Jets have the biggest advantage over here. Would I do that? The, the, the NFL is a quarterback-driven league, and anytime I get a chance to, to put a guy on their center that threw for 4,500 yards, is 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 you know you can't bring him down sack like to sack him. I, I can't say no to that. You know the question is what price is too high, but I, I you know I'm not a general manager. I can't really answer that question. What do you think? I think it's like this: if you have the ability to get a Deshaun Watson, and obviously I'm not talking about you give up you know three, four first round picks and then second round picks and Quinn and Williams, which is what the price they were saying was uh, the guy John McClain, the Houston reporter, was saying. I think that's a little bit too high. I don't want to give up Quinn and Williams if I'm the Jets. If, you know, there's a package that includes him that's also cheap on the on the draft capital, then, you know, I might be okay with it. But when you have a chance to go get a quarterback, the caliber of Deshaun Watson, you have to go do it. You must. There's, there's no other way about it. Because how often does Deshaun Watson come up in the draft? You're taking your chances. When was the last great quarterback drafted at number two overall? Well, number one, number two. Well, not you know, not a lot of great quarterbacks are drafted at the top three of the draft, which is ironic. You know, Jared Goff just got traded. Matthew Stafford, all these guys, they never, they never, you know, Baker Mayfield. What has he done? Joe Burrow was injured, but yeah, that's not what you're saying. The the thing is, is that 
if you're going to tell me, okay, here, Jets, all right, do this. Don't trade for Deshaun Watson. Keep all your draft capital. Build up. Sign free agents. And then go draft Zach Wilson, let's say, or Justin Fields, whichever one you want. You know, fine. You're taking a flyer on a guy like Zach Wilson or Justin Fields. And even if he's put into a great system with Mike LaFleur and, you know, um, the Jets' defense can be better with Rob Salah, whatever you want, you're not getting Deshaun Watson. You're not. You can only dream that you're getting Deshaun Watson. And I feel like if there's a way to go out and get yourself, guarantee yourself Deshaun Watson, especially in the situation where you put yourself in, you worked all these years, you tanked all these years, you've been the worst team consistently in football, you've gotten this big draft capital and you have all that, you have five first-round picks in the next three years. I believe it's five in the next three years, yes. Okay, you go out and you get Deshaun Watson. Worry about the rest after that, okay? You have a, a, you know, a bunch of up-and-coming players on the defensive side. You do have a lot of holes. And, you know, you don't need to win the Super Bowl this year, but you need to damn well, you know, contend for it next year. With the amount of, you know, cap space you have, the ability to target free agents, the draft capital that you will have, even with trading for Deshaun Watson, you got to go get a deal done. If Deshaun Watson, which is what the reports are saying right now, that the Jets are at the top of his list and he would waive his no trade clause for it. And here's another thing. Who holds the cards in this trade? If Deshaun Watson really, really, really wants out of Houston and there's no way he's playing another snap for them, the Jets hold the cards. See, I don't agree with you on that because I'll tell you why. When Jamal Adams had that article in the Daily News in which he bashed Gase, in my mind, the Jets were getting like a fourth-round pick for him because the guy, the, guy, the guy cannot take another— every team knows that Jamal Adams will not be taking another snap as a New York Jet, and they still— the Jets got two first-rounders, a third-rounder, and a starting-caliber player. So— we have to we have to back off of that a little bit and realize that Deshaun wants out, but they're not trading him. And Houston Houston holds the cards because Houston can tell him, listen, buddy, you want to sit out a year of your career? You want to be that guy? We have a four year contract, I believe. We'll, we'll, you're not going to get paid a penny, right? And he hasn't made a ton of money yet in his career, right? He was dra- yeah, he was drafted for in the, in the first round, but this is the he just got his big contract. So if he doesn't play, he doesn't get his money. Maybe he'll pull a James Harden and get fat. <laughs> oh, well that that would work and you know. How about Houston by the way? People saying, you know, Boston had a, a rough year of like, you know, players leaving. You know, you have Zidane Shara, Tom Brady, Mookie Betts, right? Um Kyrie. How about Houston this year? You have uh you have James Harden leaving, JJ Watt says he wants out. George Desha- Springer. Deshaun Watson, you lost George Springer. Garrett Cole left last yeah. year. Yeah. Your uh your sports city is gonna get up there with uh with Boston over there in terms of that, but yeah. So I guess you know I guess just to sum it all up, just to summarize a little bit, you know, we you both see, want. Do you Watson. see a situation where the Dolphins go out and get Deshaun Watson? It's so hard to answer that question. Is it too early to to just say no to Tua and you're done with it? Right. So that's what I was about to address. You know, they just drafted a guy who who coming out. He was a unicorn coming out of college. Tua was the guy. Which now that I'm looking him in the at him in the NFL, I, I struggle to understand exactly why Tua was the guy because he was surrounded by so much talent at Alabama. And what exactly does he do so well? He's accurate, but come on, you know. So so, are they giving up on Tua yet? I don't know. But if they do, you know, that's that's a little bit of, uh, you know, it's like you're looking at the general manager like, dude, you just drafted a quarterback sixth or is a fifth overall last year. So I can see I can see the Dolphins but struggling to give him if up. If I had Tua and I that got me a trade for Deshaun Watson with another, you know, pick or, you know, even another few picks, I would still pull that trade. No matter how good I think Tua is, do I think he's going to be better than Deshaun Watson on the line? I don't think so. So McLean The only has difference said, is, is that you don't have to pay Tua yet. Yeah, but McLean has said that the, the, the Texans don't value Tua. They don't think of Tua as a great quarterback. 
So, and 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 from what McLean has said, they also think that Darnold is a is is a better option than Tua. So you know you can look at it both ways. If the Jets are going to give them Darnold, then how much more do they have to give plus Darnold? Um, yeah, but again, like I said, you know, just 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 to look back at, at what we were saying, you know, we both want Deshaun. We both think Deshaun is a great quarterback, and you know, I I as well as you have our have my doubts if a trade can happen and how much I really want the Jets giving up or do I want them just selling everything off to get this guy. I mean I want that to happen because I, I look at the other options and I see, you know, a reloaded team, a tried reloaded team, which is a tired system around the Sam Donald again and it's just tired. It's just even if they can be really good, I've said this, bad quarterbacks with good teams around them they can get far in the playoffs, but they don't last because, you know, the glue holding you together is the whole team. And once you have to start paying multiple guys, that falls apart. And all you're left with is the bad quarterback. When you have a good quarterback and he can fill in the holes of the roster, if you have, you know, you know, a little bit less good receivers that the quarterback makes good or the rest of the defense, you know, that sort of thing, you're, you're around for a long, long time. That's how the NFL works. And I think the other pr- prospects of what the Jets would do in the offseason, and I do trust joe douglas to go out and and you know do what's right for the franchise the other prospects i mean deshaun watson is definitely the way to go in my opinion um but moving on matthew stafford got traded to the la rams in a huge blockbuster deal and where do you think the that puts the rams looking into next season very difficult question to answer um, we don't know exactly where it would put them for for you know for a few different reasons. First of all, what is Matthew Stafford right now? You know, Matthew Stafford was one of the best, most talented quarterbacks in the NFL, and then he played with a trash team for so long that is he still great? They apparently think he is because they gave up a lot to get him. We'll, we'll discuss exactly what they gave up in a second. But what what is he? And also, they just lost their defensive coordinator who led them to the number one defense. I think that. If I had to, if I had to put money down on it, I would say that the Rams are a top three to five team in the NFL right now, considering the talent that they have and their head coach. And the end of the day, is still Sean McVay. Yeah, I mean, if you look at their offense all around, if you know their offensive line is solid, their receiving core is solid. Not, you know, not great. Not like anybody that jumps out and you and says, "Whoa, cup is cup is pretty good." Cup is very good. Yeah, but solid all around receiving core Looks, is solid. Yeah, yeah. Um, their running game is pretty strong. And then their defense is great. And now you add a quarterback, not even just, you know, he doesn't have to be the greatest quarterback. He doesn't have to be Pat Mahomes. He doesn't have to be, you know, Russell Wilson, Aaron Rodgers. Stafford is a guy that can make every throw. We know that. And he's a guy that has a high football IQ and he can, you know, stay in the pocket, take a hit, wait for it, deliver a strike downfield. I think the Rams are going to be a scary team. And, you know, watch out for them, definitely. Do you have a... Do you have an early Super Bowl pick? Way too early Super Bowl pick for 2021? I'm going to have to go Rams-Chiefs. But obviously, you know, so much can change. Free agency, the draft, there's, there's a million different factors. Yeah. Like, what are the Bengals going to be next year? What are the Dolphins well, going to be Well, they need offensive year? line. Yeah, and there is, you know, some guys in the draft, and we're going to discuss that in a future podcast, which we're going to go going to have a comprehensive breakdown of the draft. I'm very excited to do that. Oh, yeah. Oh, um, yeah, big things coming soon. Yes. All right, let's, uh, let's uh, change gears a little bit here. Let's move on. Um, let's look at a different sport altogether. That is Major League Baseball. That's it. Football season's over. What's next? Pitchers and catchers reporting. Oh, yeah, baby. Best time of the year. Week and a half. Let's, <laughs> let's go. Let's go. Very exciting. And obviously the biggest news in baseball just recently is that Trevor Bauer just signed a monster three-year deal with the Los Angeles Dodgers. And if you look at that rotation, 
to you, does that put them as the clear-cut Super Bowl, um, World Series favorites? Um, so, another great question. Um, I looked at them as World Series favorites before they got Trevor Bauer. That rotation, you know, they have they have um, Klub, uh, what's I'm sorry, Dustin May. Gosh, it's been a while since baseball. I forgot the name. <laughs> yeah, Walker Bueller, Clayton Walker Bueller, Kershaw, Kershaw, Dustin May, and yeah. now you throw in, you know, you throw Gonsolin, in Urias. Um, besides for all the prospects that they can bring up during the year, and then you throw in a guy that won the Cy Young in the National League last year. So it's a little unfair, and and this is one of the reasons why baseball should have a salary cap because it's just ridiculous how much money they're they're paying to everybody on that roster. Um, but yeah, without a question, they're the clear-cut favorite to win the World Series next year. And 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 I have a hard time seeing anybody challenging them. And the reason I have a hard time seeing anybody challenge them, if I can just you know go a little deeper into this, is because the next best team in baseball, and I don't know if you agree with me on this, but I think it's pretty obvious, is the Yankees. The Yankees' biggest competition last year was the Tampa Bay Rays. The Tampa Bay Rays didn't re-sign Charlie Morton, who's their best starter in free agency, and they traded away, I don't know what they were thinking, but they traded away Blake Snell. So... The Indians traded away all their good players. The Rays traded away all their good players. The Red Sox traded away all their good players. Who's left? The The Jays are a decent team, but they're not ready to go to win to win the World Series yet. I don't believe. Yeah, in the American League, I would agree with you. The Yankees are the favorite. Um, and the Yankees are worlds, worlds behind the Dodgers. And I'm a Yankee fan, but they're miles and miles behind the Dodgers. I right can't now. wait to see this season. You have the NL West divisional rivals. You have a matchup of a series between the Dodgers and the Padres. Those oh. pitching matchups. Wow, you're gonna see. You know. Uh, Trevor Bauer against Blake Snell and and Yu Darvish, Clayton Kershaw, Bueller against um, Paddock, and you know right, it's going to be I'm fascinating. Um, the guy that got from the Indians, Clevenger. Clevenger, he's but out, he's, he's going to be out for the year. But they're going to have a great rotation. They will. The, the, yeah, I think I think a lot of what the Padres have, has been has have done is is going to be overrated. I don't think Darvish is the pitcher he used to be. Snell didn't have a great year last year. Um, and Clevenger's not playing. So I think a lot of the moves that they made were flashy but overrated to an extent. But yeah, the, the Padres made moves. The Padres are, are, you know, they're not being the Rays. They're all in. They want to win a championship. Here's the thing about the Rays: if you look at, you know, the last few years, and and it's it's amazing because you never really think of the Rays as one of the better teams in baseball. You never really do. You know, they have their good years, but if you look at the last, you know, 15 years, they've been to the playoffs, you know, a lot. I'm not gonna say every year because they haven't been, but they've really been in the competition. They've always been a wild card team, always, and. There's something about the Rays front office that no matter who they trade away, they always pull guys out of their you know back pockets, and they just plug them in, and all of a sudden they're good for no reason. Yeah, and baseball is an analytical sport, and that and you know the sport is trending towards analytics, and we can have a separate discussion if if, if that's good or bad. But yeah, and that's the teams that are very analytical know how to do that. Even the Yankees, they pulled Gio Rochelle out of nobody. You know, they pulled Luke Voigt out of nowhere. Um, who else? The, these random guys that they pull up and are hitting you know 25 home runs, 30 home runs, and playing terrifically. So yes, the you know the analytical team managed to do that, and like I was saying before, the Yankees are the best team in the American League in my opinion. The Rays are the Rays are are, are there, but I think the Rays are even behind the Blue Jays at this point. You have you know the Red Sox stink. Twins. The Twins are are pretty good. The White Sox have made a whole bunch of moves. White Sox, right? The White Sox made a, a bunch of moves. You can never really count out the A's as well. Because the A's are like the Rays, one of these small market teams that you know that 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 makes these moves consistently good, yeah. But you know, I think we have to wait at least another week or two or three or four even just to see how spring training shapes up. Who 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 manages to make it into the season healthy? Um, you know, just to see how how the end of the the off season and the, and the actual season is going to manifest itself. But it should be fascinating, and I'm super excited to watch it. Can't wait for baseball. Um, you know, it's funny. I I really have to see you know regarding baseball how COVID really shapes up the season and, and what the, you know, the schedule is going to be like, what, you know, everything is. Cause I think especially with baseball out of all sports, 
it's impossible to judge last year and you had a 60 game season and it, it speaks I'm usually an analytical guy so like I don't you know buy too much into this stuff but the amount that a 60 game season can have an effect on a player is really you know is a lot and I think that I wouldn't base too much of what I saw last year going into this year and if I if I just may add that I think people undervalue also like underestimate just just how much of a difference it makes for a player the consistency this year in MLB season there was so much inconsistency there was so much you know we don't know when we're gonna play next. This guy's this guy just got just got came down with COVID. This guy just came down with COVID, and I think I think it got the guys' heads. Francisco Lindor hit, hit what would he under two hundred. Gleyber Torres hit terrible. So many guys that had good that have had great careers so far have just played terrible. So I think that especially in baseball that it's such a such a uh, it's just little tiny things that drive a guy's success. I think that this played with a lot of people's heads, and I really hope that Major League Baseball can figure out a way to, to you know to keep the schedule more or less the same this year, not move too many things around because I really do believe it affects the way people play. Yeah, hundred percent. And I just, you know, on a different level, like with baseball, is that it's it's twenty twenty one, man. You gotta figure out a way to make your sport more popular, more moving. And it's not by changing the game. It's really not by changing the game itself. You know what? It, because the people that are watching the game are gonna watch the game, and that's it. You don't have to throw in shot clocks and that sort of thing. It's ridiculous. Just gotta market the game better. And there's nothing worse for it than than having these stupid, you know. Uh, players association disagreements and, and collective bargaining agreements or technically disagreements and that sort of thing. I think, you know, you got to get this done if you're Major League Baseball, but moving on. Yes, 100%. Um, moving on. So I think that, the, you know, one of the last topics we're going to discuss is just, you know, I want to pick up on what we discussed last podcast about the NBA and the James Harden trade and just see, you know, it's been a few weeks. It's been almost a month now or or more than a month. And how what, ha- what has happened in the NBA? So let, let me just start. That you know, you know, uh, you know, tooting my own horn a little bit. The Knicks are playing very well. I know they haven't won a ton of games. There, there are a few games under 500, but Emmanuel quickly looks like to steal the draft right now. The guy's playing really, really well. Julius Randle's playing on an all star level. Um, and this, this goes to my point of what I was telling you about the Nets is that the Nets can win a championship and nobody's going to care. This is the thing with the Brooklyn Nets. That's why I'm going to care. <laughs> well, you're going to care because you like the Nets. But you look at the back page in the New York Post, which is generally like a sign of what people in New York are talking about and, and what's going on and what people care about. Because the New York Post is, is not – they don't care about the Nets or the Knicks. They care about making money. Whoever's on the back page of the Post, they know is going to generate more more discussion and more articles and more reading. So Emmanuel quickly is going to be on the back page of the Post, not James Harden and not Kevin Durant and not Kyrie Irving. So I'll tell you two things about that. First of all, okay. Second of all – What's more exciting, a team with a you know a young superstar that's that's coming up, that's you know a steal of the draft, or something that's expected? And let me let's be honest here, the Nets have not played super world great yet with their big three. There is a lot of inconsistencies. The NBA is complete BS for what happens to Kevin Durant. I'm sorry, you can't have a guy that continuously tests negative for COVID, has antibodies, and I hate to get political more than anything. This is not political. This is common sense. And you test the guy, and if if he if contract tracing decides that he has to be out for the game, then don't pull him in the middle of the game, or then pull the whole team out. There's just so many holes in this in this story, and then he has to sit out till Friday. It just doesn't make any sense. And the NBA, I think, is just virtue signaling to the max. Like you can't even handle this any any worse than you did. But um, but yeah, okay. So the Yes Network ratings for Nets games, it's a lot higher than the Knicks games are getting, and that's New York television. 
100%, but people are water- tuning into the S Network because they want to watch more of a, uh, even from nationally, national perspective, people are want to watch, people want to see. You've got three of the best players in the league playing on one team. People are going to want to see that. But my point is, that that wasn't my point. My point was that if you turn on WFAN in the morning, they don't care about the Nets. You turn on ESPN New York, they don't care about the Nets. The people of New York don't care about the Nets. The people of New York always care about the Knicks. When the Knicks are good, New York is losing its mind. When the Knicks are bad, people don't care about basketball. That's just how it is. <laughs> You're right, but... I'll count you with this. Around the world, people, or around America, people want to see superstars play basketball at a high level. And that's, they're going to care about the Nets, and they're not going to care about the Knicks. And the facts are, the Knicks are right now, they're 11-15. and 15. They're the ninth spot in the uh, the Eastern Conference. And the Nets are sitting at third place at 14-12. and 12. And yes, they haven't played their, their best basketball. I think they're going to get better. They're going to mesh as a team much better. We've seen sparks from them. We've seen bad moments. We've seen, you know, no defense. But now as they, you know, shore up the rest of their roster, add a few big men, um, Kevin Durant gets back to form and the NBA stops, you know, going completely out of its mind with the COVID nonsense. I think the Nets will be a great team. Now, so far what I've seen from them has not been championship caliber at all. I don't think, I think there's a bunch of teams that can beat them. But, you know, I've said and I'm sticking to it. Superstars win in this league and super teams win in this league and, and it works. So um, I'm, you know, I'm excited. I'm excited for the next season. And listen, as a Knicks fan, you know, enjoy it because this is what I've sat through the last, you know, three, four years where you, you know, you stink consistently every year in and out and you finally get, you know, some good players and you have a, a coach that's pushing your team to play really hard. And you got to give props to the Knicks for that. They're definitely an exciting young team to watch. And in, you know, two years, they'll be in the situation where they could give up a lot of draft capital and some players for the superstars and then they'll go sign him because players are going to want to play for for them and then they'll be in the same exact situation 100 percent. now just uh now just again to toot my own horn what we were saying last time I, i'm i'm pretty sure what's happening to the nets right now is exactly what i said would happen they're going to win some games 140 to 135 um they're going to blow some people out and then there are going to be those nights where you know they can't finish they can't finish because they don't have a finisher but they, they, they've got three finishers but they don't have that guy that's going to make the defensive stop they don't have a mitchell robinson he would be the perfect player for the Nets right now, a guy that can come in with two minutes left, guard the best teams, other play, the best player on the other team, and win the game. And it's going to be a struggle all year, and we'll see how that affects them in the playoffs. That's, I re- that's all. I'm I say. really like what I saw against the Clippers, the Nets being the Clippers, and then since then they haven't had a, a game with their, you know, with you had the game where like they, Durant has gone in and out, and Kyrie's been out with a, you know a hurt finger, and now he's back in. But um, I really like that. I think the Nets have a problem right now of playing down to their competition. And that's got to stop. They've also added a big defensive help in Amon Shumpert. You had, a, you know, a defensive help in Noah Vonley and Norvell Pell. So, I, like I said, I'm excited. Let's let's see what this brings. Um, how about the Utah Jazz, by the way? They've been outstanding recently, and they actually sit atop of the Western Conference at 20-5. and five. Yeah, you know, that team has Don- played well between, you know, Donovan Mitchell, who's a young superstar that I can't believe the Knicks passed on to draft a French <laughs> kid that was 18. Um, and, you know, in in uh, Frank Milkina. um, they're yeah, they're playing outstanding. You know, good for them. You know, I, you know, people thought after the whole COVID controversy with with uh, Donovan Mitchell and Rudy Gobert, people would get very, you know, they wouldn't be able to play together. Apparently, that hasn't affected them very badly, and they're playing very well. Good for them. Yeah, um, but at the same time, you don't see them as finals contenders or like legitimate. Like you don't you don't think the Jazz are gonna be in the finals. Well, record in the NBA is is not exactly you know uh, uh, something that shows how good you are. I think that more you know, like, like, look, the Nets are a, a better team than the Jazz. They are, but 
but they don't have a better record than the Jazz because the Nets, you know, it's 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 the, it's the regular season. They're not playing as hard as they should be. It all really matters what you can do when you get to the postseason, and we will see. You know, again, that I mean, NBA postseason is very exciting because of that because so many teams that you thought like look, the Miami Heat last year, they were a decent team, they were a good team, but they weren't a championship team. And then all of a sudden, the Miami Heat are playing the Lakers in the championship. Right. So yeah, we shall see. Yeah, the Heat had also have, you know a big fall off and. Just this one more thing with the NBA and this ridiculousness and the players actually hate it as well. The fact that they're going to force an all-star weekend on the players. And, I mean, you go through all this. These players go through COVID testing every day and have to wear masks and this sort of thing. And, you know, a guy like Durant gets, you know, you have to get quarantined for six days and such. And then you're, you know, saying, okay, we're going to have an all-star game that fans don't really care about. The players could, you know, care less about it. And just, just what are you doing? Seriously, just, just, just read the room. Come on, so NBA, you you're better than this, Adam Silver. I'll tell you what they're doing, and you know this. You just want to hear it again, but it's very simple. Sports are not about me and you. They're not about me and you being entertained. Sports are about making money for the owners. And All-Star Game is going to make more money. People want to see the great players play together. The All-Star Game in the NBA is probably the biggest of all the All-Star Games. It's very entertaining. You see everybody just shooting threes. It's so exciting. No defense threes and all the skills competitions. It's exciting. It's exciting, but how exciting is it to see LeBron James have to quarantine for seven days because he played in the All-Star Game? I'm not quarantining for seven days. He's quarantining. Let, let, the, let the rich guy that's worth a billion dollars quarantine. That's the NBA. The NBA's calculation is very simple. Let the rich guy quarantine. You get paid by us. You come quarantine and make us more money. The ratings are going to be very high, right? Come make us more money. That's you know that's always going to be the bottom line. The bottom line is always going to be the dollar, and and that's that's ultimately what's happening over here. Mm-hmm. Um, just one more thing. Just getting back into to the NFL right here. Um, and a big name that's actually come up in trade talks is Carson Wentz. And do you see a team like let's say the Colts go after a guy like Carson Wentz? And where do you think that would put them? Because Personally, I don't think Carson Wentz has, has played his best football yet. I don't think he's done. I think he had a bad season. He was just in you know a bad situation. I don't think he is a bad quarterback. I don't think he's a great quarterback, but I definitely think he could pull it together on a good team. And I really want the Colts to get a, a, a quarterback that can lead them somewhere. I was pinning for them to get Stafford because if they do, they're an automatic Super Bowl contender. There's no question about 100%. it. Hundred percent. The Colts roster is really, really talented. It's thanks to the Sam Darnold trade three years ago. Actually, a whole bunch of those players became stars. Darius Leonard and Quinn Nelson um, headlining that. But the Colts have a great roster, and you know you hope they get someone. Carson Wentz is a big question mark, and I think he's one of the bigger question marks we've seen in the NFL in the past even 10, 15 years because Wentz was an MVP candidate three years ago. I don't believe that quarterbacks all of a sudden start thinking. Well, how does that work? So there's a few different options. Maybe he needs to go see a sports psychologist. That's that's a real option. Maybe he need, he's something in his head. Um, maybe he has a bad attitude, which is a problem. And maybe the roster around him has stunk. We don't know. But all I know is, like I said earlier, the quarterback you know the quarterback plays based on offensive line play. He's used to playing behind five, basically five all pros between Brandon Brooks and and uh, um, uh, Jason Kelsey. And um, if I can name you a whole offensive line, that means they're good. <laughs> and the right Lane Johnson and, and Jason Peters, th- that's a good offensive line. And the fact that they most of them didn't play this year, so it just proves that you know he he needs he needs a good offensive line like other, like every other quarterback. So send them to the Colts, who have a mean mean offensive line. Those guys are really really good. Send them to the Colts and you know see what happens. All right, you guys, thanks so much for listening. This uh, we're gonna wrap it up here. Thanks so much for listening. This is the Sports Status Podcast. 
As um, yes, and if I can just add in, um, like I said when we started, this has been a real pleasure. Um, any feedback, please reach out to us. We really want to hear what you have to, what you think about the podcast. Share it, obviously. Tell your friends about it. Um, and we're looking forward to doing it again. All the good stuff. Follow us on uh, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your podcast. And peace out. As always, take care.